Gaza is on fire yet again. And fool you not, the arsonists are the same. Eyes of a dollar sign, tentacles of an offshore launderer's schemes come to light within themes of petrol beings, dancing a lifeless debka with fiends and white strings. And unattached are we, directly beneath their ordinance, ordained to behave within their orders, guzzle the juice and build walls and force sores on earth in the form of borders. Human lords lubricated with London Brent, bent on Arabian heavy, light as New York, short-souled and tort, insanity aborts, humanity in greed we sport. Hunt the weak until we feed upon our own, chickens without talons, mammals of dark talents. Hi, I'm Brody Conley, a musician and music researcher, calling in from Ottawa on unceded Algonquin Anishinaabeg territory to express solidarity and love for the Palestinian people and to express my commitment to supporting the end of the occupation and the return of agency, self-determination, human rights, and dignity to the Palestinian people. Free Palestine. Free Gaza. I'm proud to be here as an ally standing with my Palestinian best friends and community. I really encourage the East Asian community to stand up for the people that you love because people are suffering. Uh, yeah, um, this is 
a uh, somebody else made this. So, uh, but I'm here in support of the Palestine people and in opposition to the policy, the genocidal policy of Israel and the United States uh, in support of Israel. Um, it's absolutely unacceptable what's been going on. It's even more unacceptable that it continues to be funded and abetted completely um, by the United States. And the, uh, the occupation needs to end and Palestine needs to be free. And to anyone in Palestine listening to this now, um, we, we love you, we stand with you, and uh, we hope that you can be free from the river to the sea as soon as humanly possible within our lifetimes. Um, just why am I here and what am I doing here? Uh, I'm a New York Jew, I'm part of the diaspora that came here before Zionism started, so I am not a person with a deep attachment to uh, the lands that are contested right now, uh, but I feel like people who all want to be in the same place need to learn how to live together and solve their conflicts in ways that don't involve dropping a whole lot of bombs on each other or slaughtering each other's children in the middle of the night or, uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways to get through the, the shit that comes up between people and this doesn't seem to be a very effective way of dealing with problems. Um, I think Palestinians have a right to live in a place that they feel connected to and Jews that feel connected to that place also deserve, you know, to live in their homelands and like, and there should be a way to do that to coexist peacefully. And speaking about all of this in very wholesale ways is really distressing because, you know, there are good and bad people of all varieties and violent and nonviolent people of all varieties and like, it just, like, Loving and one, loving Palestinians and wanting them to be free also, you know, is it, it can sit side by side for me with also loving my people and wanting them to, you know, be in a place that they feel secure. Um, why am I here? Is that the question? Why am I here? Um, unfortunately, I've been here before, and I'll keep coming as long as. Palestine's not free. Palestinians are treated so abominably, like disposable people, uh, like they have for 75 years. Um, it's just the only the only resistance there is is people, because clearly our government is not up to the job, and they've completely sold out. So um, I'm just here as a witness. Say something about Michael. Oh, um, my husband's Palestinian, and I've just seen it through his life and family, the atrocities, family killed, um, neighborhoods cleansed, having to move. Um, I'm here because I think it's an abomination what's going on. Um, I'm Jewish, and I'm, I'm heartbroken that Jews could do this. Um, so, and I've been doing this for a long time. I went on the Gaza Freedom March after uh, cast Operation Cast Lead. And so I see just what that did, I can imagine what's happening now. And, and, and also I think our government, the US government, makes it all possible. Israel could not do what it's do if, if 
Biden said no, but he doesn't. And he said he was going to be a no-war president, and everyone elected him. And so far, we're in the Ukraine, we're in, we're helping Israel. I mean, all that money is supposed to be going to the American people to pay for health care and things that we need, and yet they just give it to these, uh, to the war machine. So, that's it. Um. Whatever it is, just, by the way, we're visiting here from Kentucky, okay? And we heard about this one, we have to come. Even though we continue with our life here, but every minute you remember how people suffering there and, and dying, and it's total genocide. So like, whenever you enjoy your life here, always remember the difference between here and there, and they're using our, the problems that they're using our tax money for, for giving the, to kill people there. So that makes it harder for us that we are killing them, you know, with our own money, sadly. So that's number one. Number two, and maybe because I'm from Syria too, so we've been through this and we know it. Um, when it started in Syria, we used to say, now we could feel how Palestinians feel before, right? And now it's going back, oh sorry, back, going back and forth, back and forth, like bouncing between feeling for us, like their neighbors, you know, our neighbors, between what's going on in Syria, what's going on there, so we just feel like we're just suffocated. I can't say anything then more than this, like, especially if you just, and I just want everyone to watch the news, really, and look to from all sides, not just one side. Thank you so much. Why don't you say a message in اللي بيزعلنا انه اللي عم يعيش هناك فلسطين وما عم نقدر نعمل غير الدعاء فنحن من هون نزعل انه نحن اسمنا امريكان عم ندفع الضريبه ضريبه مصارينا عم تروح انك تقتل الفلسطينيين البريئين اللي هناك انا سوريه للاسف بزعل كوني سوريه ما بعرف شو عم يصير بسوريا وشو عم يصير فلسطين فالجرح مضاعف بين اللي عم يصير بسوريا نفس الشيء للاسف الظلم موجود ونحن عم نأيده هلا بمصارينا هون بأميركا Thank you I think she said everything I want to say What did you say the channel was? It's called Radio Al-Hara and it's based in Palestine but they've got all sorts of different people around the world Would you like to say anything? Honestly if I would add if I would add is that what I love the thing honestly like we've been okay I'm 47 I'm proud of my age okay I'm 47 years old, and I've been ever since young, I knew about what happened in Palestine, right? But now, I love that now, the youth now who never had no idea what's going on there, right? And now, um, and now um, they're learning by this, sadly, genocide, you know, sadly. But they're learning and participating, and even though they live their life as American, only American here, they don't know anything outside, now they know the truth about the ugly life there. That the media were covering it before. That's all I could say. Thank you. Thank you. Thank all of you. Yeah, thank you. Hey, I'm Nadia. I'm here in New York City um, protesting in Herald Square for Palestinians. I'm Palestinian. Um, I know that this is becoming a, a big topic right now and everybody is talking about it, which I'm really glad about. But I, I've for me, this has been my whole life. I've known this forever. I've known the Palestinian struggle forever because my dad 
was born in Palestine, was a refugee. A lot of my family is in Jordan now. I have some family still in Palestine. So this is this has always been me. I've always been passionate about it. It's always been, it's my blood. So of course I'm gonna be here. Of course I'm gonna speak up and I'll continue to do so. Um, power to Palestinians. My heart is with everybody in Gaza. I mean, I think everyone can learn from from the people in Gaza. I think people can learn from Palestinians about strength, resilience, and being filled with love, even in the ugliest times ever. Because even in the worst, they're thanking God and they're and they're grateful for what they have, which is like nothing, you know. Hey y'all, my name is Naima Shalhoub, an artist, musician, and Arab-American for a free Palestine. May we end the occupation now, end all military aid to Israel, and end the siege on Gaza now and permanently. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Free all indigenous peoples and maybe all experience true liberation. People of Palestine deserve to be free. They deserve to be warm. They deserve to be protected. They don't deserve to be bombed. Their children don't deserve to die. It's not their fault they were born under a horrific occupation from the Israeli government. It's not their fault and it's not deserved. No one deserves this. We're human beings. Why don't we treat each other with the love and respect that we know is the only way forward? I'll never understand and I'll never stop feeling powerless. I don't know what to do except pray every day, show up every day, fight every day for them. Because we are the same. We share the same blood. We share the same sky and the same earth. And it could happen to any of us. So it needs to stop now. Assalamu alaikum wa ahla Palestine. معكم سهام من مغيار أنا أصل جزائرية ونبعث لكم هذا الدعاء إن شاء الله الله يا عزيز يا غفور يا رحيم أتوجه إليك في هذه الأوقات المليئة بالألم والصراع في فلسطين أمنح شعبنا القوة للاستمرار والصبر لتحمل التحديات والإيمان بمستقبل أفضل نسألك يا إلهي يا رب العالمين أن تهدي قادة العالم نحو السلام أوحي لهم الحكمة في العثور على حل عادلا ودائما لإنهاء معاناة الشعب الفلسطيني إن شاء الله أمنحنا القوة للبقاء متحدين في هذه الأوقات الصعبة اللهم ساعدنا على دعم من هم في حاجة والمحافظة على كرامتنا كمسلمين نحن نؤمن برحمتك يا الله وبقدرتك على تغيير الأمور لتسود العدالة وتملك السلام ويشرق الأمل على أراضي الحبيبة آمين يا رب العالمين free free Palestine إن شاء الله السلام عليكم and I'm from Taunton this is my message to the people of Palestine
Palestina, libertad. Palestina, libertad. Palestina, libertad. Hello, my name is Stephanie from London. My chant is In unity, hand in hand, supporting disabled Palestinians we stand. In unity, hand in hand, supporting disabled Palestinians we stand. In unity, hand in hand, supporting disabled Palestinians we stand. In unity, hand in hand, supporting disabled Palestinians we stand. My name's Carol and this chant comes from Palestinian Voices or Palestine Voices, a group in Gaza. And it goes, it's one to sing. So it goes, we own this home, we own this land, from the river to the sea, our motherland, set it free, we got our stones and the olive tree. If you want to sing along, we own this home, we own this land, from the river to the sea, our motherland, set it free, we got our stones and the olive tree. We own this home, we own this land, from the river to the sea, our motherland, set it free. We got our stones and the olive tree, we own this home, we own this land, from the river to the sea, our motherland, set it free. We got our stones and the olive tree, we own this home, we own this land. From the river to the sea, our motherland set it free. We got our stones and the olive tree. Hello, my name is Victoria. I'm from Spain and this is my chant. ¿Dónde están? No se ven las sanciones a Israel. ¿Dónde están? No se ven las sanciones a Israel. ¿Dónde están? No se ven las sanciones a Israel. ¿Dónde están? No se ven las sanciones a Israel. Free Palestine. Hello, my name is Ellen. I'm from Leeds and this is my chant. Free Palestine. Free Palestine. Cease fire now. Resistance is justified. Resistance is justified. Cease fire now. Free Palestine. Free Palestine. Resistance is justified. Cease fire now. Cease fire now. Resistance is justified. Free Palestine. Free Palestine. Free Palestine. Resistance is justified. Resistance is justified. Cease fire now. Hello, my name is Sarah. I'm from Jordan. My message to all Palestinians. لا تحزن يا فلسطين فالنصر قادم لا تحزن يا غزة فطيور السلام ستحلق فوقك من جديد عاشت فلسطين حرة عاشت فلسطين حرة Your pain is our pain Your freedom is our freedom From the river to the sea Palestine will be free 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 Palestine Free free Palestine My name is Beth Solidarity from London to Palestine. Thank you to everyone that is able to be physically present today from those of us who are not able to be. My chant is a simple one. Cease fire now. Cease fire now. Cease fire now. Cease fire now. Hi, my name's Hasina from London. I really wish I could have been there today. 
but I want you to scream on behalf of me today. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Free, free, Palestine. Free, free, Palestine. One, two, three, four, occupation no more. Five, six, seven, eight, Israel is a terrorist state. Free, free, Palestine. Free, free, Palestine. Hi, I am the poet Sasha Akhtar. I decided to uh, gather as many names as I could from Muhammad Al-Kurd's um, Twitter account where he retweets a lot of uh, local Gaza people um, sending messages through asking if we can hear, if we can see them. And I couldn't think of anything other than to uh, read as many names as I could, also of doctors working hard and journalists, and of course, as many names as I could of of the dead um, uh, children and families, of course, it now far surpasses what I could have read out. Thank you. We see you, we hear you, we are you. Huda al-Susi, Esmat al-Halabi, Abu Shahma and family, Ghassan, Abu Sita, Ahmed Nihad, Iman Bashir, Dr. Muat Nabahin. We see you, we hear you, we are you. Dua Sharf, Bayan, Anas. Heba Abu Nada Janan Walid Al Masri Abdul Rahman Atalla Professor Nidal Hijazi. We see you, we hear you, we are you. Najla Shawa, Jason Shawa, Mujahid Hamza, Ahmed Bakr, Bayan, Mutaz Azeza, Ghadir Akram, Khalid Nima Ramadan, Al Maghari, Nur. We see you, we hear you, we are you. Ahmad Abu Atima killed his young son, Nizar Habash, Ahmad Al Nawak, Wail Al Dado, son, daughter, wife, Yusuf, Mujahid, Uday, Sari, Bakri, family, Taha Muhammad, Dr. Mustafa. El Masari, Shirin Abu Akleh, we see you, we hear you, we are you, we see you, we hear you, we are you. Aldora Children's Hospital, Anglican Hospital, Grand Al Omari Mosque, bear witness, bear witness, bear witness, bear witness, Saint Porphyrius. Orthodox Church, Baptist Hospital, Islamic University of Gaza, Al-Ahli Hospital, Raymond, Marwa, Fafta, Hana Al-Sheikh, Al-Shifa Hospital. Bear witness, bear witness, we bear witness, bear witness, bear witness, we bear witness. Muhammad, Sama, Little Khadija, Ismail, Fatma, Wissam, Shaima, Bisan. We bear witness, bear witness, bear witness. We bear witness. Hello, my name is Hawa from London. This is my chant.
Open wide, open wide, open wide and set me free. Open wide, open wide, open wide and set me free. Open wide, open wide, open wide and set me free. Open wide, open wide, open wide, set me free. Doors of my heart open wide and set me free. Doors of my heart open wide and set me free. Doors of my heart open wide and set me free. Doors of my heart open wide and set me free. Open wide, open wide, open wide and set me free. Open wide, open wide, open wide and set me free. Open wide, open wide, open wide and set me free. Open wide, open wide, open wide and set me free. Doors of my heart open wide and set me free. Doors of my heart open wide and set me free. Doors of my heart open wide and set me free. Doors of my heart open wide and set me free. Open wide, open wide, open wide and set me free. Open wide, open wide, open wide and set me free. Open wide, open wide, open wide and set me free. Open wide, open wide, open wide and set me free. Doors of my heart open wide and set me free. Doors of my heart open wide and set me free. Doors of my heart open wide and set me free. Doors of my heart open wide and set me free. Thank you. Free Palestine from the river to the sea. Free, 
to the sea. Hi, my name is Maimona from London and in light of the horrific bombings and cut off all communications in Gaza last night, um, my chant is very simple. It's just that when I say ceasefire now, then you can repeat ceasefire now. So I'll start. Ceasefire now. Ceasefire now. Ceasefire now. May Palestine be free. Hello. My name is Chi from London. And my message and chant is free, free, Palestine, free, free. Palestine, free, free, Palestine, free, free, Palestine. Hi, my name's Maimana and I'm from London. And in light of the horrific, relentless bombings that we've seen of Gaza and the complete cutoff of all communication in Gaza last night, I want to aim our chance specifically at the UK government. So when I say, Rishi Sunak, you can't hide, I want you to repeat back, we charge you with genocide. So I'll start. Rishi Sunak, you can't hide. 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 Keir Starmer, you can't hide. Cease fire now. Cease fire now. Cease fire now. Free, free Palestine. Free, free Palestine. Free, free Palestine. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Cease fire now. Cease fire now. Hello, my name is Osman and I'm a 31-year-old activist from Leeds. I'm in protest to share this message today of unity and solidarity. We stand united for a common cause, a cause that is humanitarian. No matter whether we are Muslim, Christian, Jewish, any religion, non-religious or secular, daily scenes of horror fill our screens casualties and victims on both sides. Yet the perpetrators continue claiming their innocence. The victims continue to bleed. Senseless bombing, pulverising of homes, destruction of hospitals and the refusal to call for a ceasefire. The scent of starvation and terror fills the air of Palestine, all with political endorsements of apathy by our leaders. This agreed genocide for our government, simply just another game. Millions displaced, thousands murdered, and children who will never be named. But here we are, all in solidarity against this barbaric violence and against this brutality. Colour, caste and creed mean nothing in the human struggle, the struggle of Palestine. Our collective action and common humanity bonds us all together, forcing us to stand firm against such oppression. This isn't a religious war at all, but a war against humanity. 
For the pain of Palestine is the pain of us all, because we're all Palestinian. A war crime against one is a war crime against everyone. One day we will look back, being on the right side of history. Ceasefire now.
ان تمثل هذا الدور لتغيير مجتمع عربي مسلم وانت في المانيا واللي تخلصك مامات الماسونيه الصهيونيه اللي اليوم اخذت طريحه كبيره لانك ممثل غير جاد يعني مش منيح انت دائر تمثيل لنقود قليله لكن امك راحت الصهيونيه تاحت اليوم اخذت خبطه علقه كبيره وغدا لن تصبح انتهت 75 عام وانت تمثل هكذا فحان وفرحان انت فرحان وفرحان وانت في المانيا يا كذاب حيحكموك يا اخوه يعطوك يعطوك طريحه مليحه يعني تاخذ ضربات فيها يجيبوا لنا ايدك ولا رجلك مكسره باذن الله وانت تعلمت اللغه في جامعه اسرائيل انت يهودي مقصر لست عربيا ابدا جامعه اسرائيل يا الاخوه كونها الموساد في 1954 يتعلمون فيها اللغه العربيه الامازيغيه وكل اللهجات هم ارادوا ابتزازنا وارادوا مكرنا واليوم الله يمكر فيهم تحيا فلسطين حره وليس لكم الا المكر اقعدوا مع المكر هربتم كالفئران التمثيل ما قدرش تمثل حتى يعني اليوم يطردوك كاذب تكذب عليهم ودير وت... 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 وتمثل الموسار يعطيك النقود باش تمثل يا رخيص يا رخيص فرحان وفرحان فرحان وفرحان عمري يا حبيبي لا لا تحبك حبه وتعرضك كلبه
أنت لا شيء لا شيء أنت أنت ما توصلش العربي ما توصلش العربي حتى في التراب المشاعير أنت من حلب يا سيدي حلب ترى حلب تسمع بيك خليني نتكلم جات مات باش نتكلم ماشي باش نسمعك أنا ما نديش ونجيب مع واحد كافر صهيوني مصوني أنا لا أنت ممثل الموساد أنت بعوضة الموساد أنت البعوضة لا رجال لا يأتوا حقهم مما شاءوا وما قال ربي لا كما أنت يا كافر يا عدو الله بالله بالله طحان وفرحان بالله 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 حتى التمثيل ماهوش دورك حتى التمثيل ماهوش دورك بالله فمك بالله طيح طيح عارفني شكون أنا بالك هيا نبداو نديرو الطريقة تاعي دوك يسمعوك مليح يا وحدي يا بعوضة يا بعوضة طحان وفرحان رجالنا لا يطبعوش الخرا يا خراي لا يدوروش رجالنا على الاسلام وعلى دين الله ما قاله الله لا اله الا الله محمد رسول الله خرج فيكم ربي ليس لكم ارض الا احتلال الا احتلال الا احتلال الا احتلال الا احتلال انتم احتلال واليوم خرجتم كالفئران هاربين كالفئران ليش يا رخيص هو راه يرمق رخيص يا خراي ما طلعتش نسمعك يا طحان طلعت باش نبردك ونقول اخوه من انت طلعت باش نبردك هذا يا حبيبي يا عمتي خليني انا عمتك يا ابني عينك لا عمتك يا ابني عينك يا رخيص حلمك ولن تصير في حلم المرصاد ولن تصير ولن تكون رجالنا رجال رجالنا رجال وانتم ريخوزا انتم الفئران رجالنا رجال
can't wait, can't wait. You too? You too? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, okay. See you there.
Great. So I think first, just to start, um, you could introduce yourself and share a little bit about your musical practice and also its connection to Palestine. Um, but yeah, I mean, just sort of a brief introduction, um, where you're at and, and a little bit about what you do. So I'm a Palestinian musician living in diaspora. My music, it's been a complete full journey, I'll be honest with you. Um, so I lived in different places growing up. I moved around a lot. I changed different culture settings a lot. So I was living in the Middle East for 10 years, but I was born in Canada. I hopped around cities in Canada and then I ended up moving to the US and then moving to Europe. So I've been exposed to so much. And I think what it's always come down to is to connect with my inner heritage and my inner um like my background and um, what basically what everyone has been going through as a Palestinian and bringing that into my sound. So I think the tracks you've heard, the first one, the first album that I released was Siren. And a lot of that was inspired by um, bringing a Middle Eastern rhythm to it. But unfortunately, I feel like it got misunderstood because it was trending with what was happening in the music industry in Tulum. So it was seen as like Oriental and very much less Middle Eastern. But um, in my experience, like creating the album and everything, I wanted to have it describe my full background as a middle Palestinian Middle Eastern artist. Um, from there, I think I just started to experiment even more and how I can tell my story through sound without just only using um, Middle Eastern sounds, but just using different uh, soundscapes and settings. And yeah, like rather than focusing on the instruments, just using different soundscapes. And um, that's when I started experimenting a lot with um, recording. And you mentioned earlier, you wanted people to record um, the protests or their surroundings and what's happening. And I think that's what I was really um, uh, drawn to is uh, exploring different sounds of the places that I've lived in and how they've affected my journey as a musician, um, especially living in the Middle East. And my mom is also based in Jordan. So whenever I'd go visit, I would just go up to her roof and just sit and just take in all the sounds of like, the surroundings like the nature everything like what means to be passing through sound that makes sense in a way um growing up my dad influenced me heavily when it came to music um he was born in 1948 he was uh, in Sarafan which is a town outside of Yaffa and he was exiled and they moved down to Gaza and they went through the first Nakba, everything. And then they um, he made his way out to Egypt and then he flew out to the Middle East, to Kuwait, and then he moved around as, a lot as well. So I think seeing his perspective on sound as well has influenced me a lot because he picked up on different sounds from wherever he ended up traveling to or moving to. And I think just seeing that in my household has always been influential. It was sur surrounded, sur I was surrounded me all the time. Um, and it became part of my daily life, like how 
how sound has how would I put this into words how sound has become a a natural rhythm basically of how I want to set the tone of the household or um my my daily routine or um the story you want to tell and my dad always I would come back from school my dad would always be playing food or guitar or he he picked up these instruments all from the different places that he's been been living in or traveled to but he um he always played everything by ear so it was all very natural to him and it came naturally to him and I feel like I picked that up from him a lot and I think he told his story through the sounds and the rhythms that he would play uh, using these instruments. It made me more curious about the power of sound and <laughs> and uh, how um, how it could affect someone or how it could share someone's lens, their perspective on life. Um, and that's when I started exploring sound therapy because I wanted to dive deeper into it and understand the science behind sound. And that's when it became really fun and my love for sound grew profoundly after that and I started incorporating that into my my sound journey and I started facilitating sound meditations but I would still use the oriental sounds that I was exposed to growing up so just like the strings of the oud and the different instruments like the sitar and the monochord I would just incorporate that into my sound to give people more of that like um connection with my with being Palestinian or my heritage to understand that this is the type of sonic experience I want to offer. Um, and it made me fall in love with sound all over again. And I think also doing sets for Rajul Hara and talking to Yas and all of the different people involved in it, seeing that there's other people that I connect with I think being in the music industry also has been really difficult as a Palestinian because when you're in diaspora you're just moving around all the time you feel like you don't fit in anywhere and you're supposed to make home out of wherever you are but I I found it very difficult within the music industry because I couldn't find a community that understood what kind of story I was trying to give as a sonic experience and I feel like um, finding Radul Hara and finding that community has been really, really helpful to be able to share share the story with like-minded people. Respect. Okay, thanks for sharing all that. Um, I mean, when we hear a bit about your journey as an artist, um, many, many reflections come to mind. But one of them is that you're in exile and you found this artistic voice through a lot of struggle and, and, and experimentation and you know relationships to different places and if you can maybe share a little bit about like the fact that right now I mean we're talking about this massive attack on Gaza there's many young artists who are young people who will never get the chance to be an artist right and I think often that sort of situation is so people are so dehumanized that um you know we forget to think about i mean not not the people who are involved in this broadcast but like the narratives in the west remove um 
the humanity and the dreams and the ideas and the creativity of people who are losing their lives right now? Um, I think about that all the time, actually, um, how there's a voice missing for them. And I, and I think it's important for the people who are Palestinian living outside, who are able to um, offer their voice, to be also a voice for those creatives there as well. Um, I know that uh, a visual artist passed away in Gaza and she was really well known within the Gaza community. And I see her art everywhere now and people are, are giving her the, the um, exposure that she should have gotten. But I do feel like being an artist, uh, being a Palestinian artist, I definitely do feel like we have a responsibility to give our voice to those who can't within our community, within the Palestinian uh, community in Palestine, sorry. And when I when I look at a child in Palestine, I do feel like these kids should have their dreams come true. These kids should have the opportunity. These kids should have their voices heard. They should be able to have a chance, you know? And yeah, I think it's just, um, it's unfortunate what's happening right now. It's really, really, really devastating. And I have mixed feelings about it, I think, because there's some artists who are living outside of Palestine right now who are creating a focal point on them rather than putting the focus on the artists that are there right now struggling and going through this uh, genocide. Um, and I've seen it a lot where it just gets, situations get taken advantage of rather than giving people the chance to have their voice be heard within the industry. Um, yeah. When we think about what's happening now, um, this broadcast is about hearing people all over the world express their support for Palestinian human rights and also to hear from Palestinian artists all over the place. Um, so, yeah, I guess I would just ask a question, you know, which I think we're all thinking about, uh, which is, you know, why and how can we raise our voices? Because I think the, the, you know, the onslaught of violence makes people feel like it's hopeless, right? Um, but we do see that it's very important at the same time to, for people to, to speak up. Any, any reflections on that? Yeah, I think definitely giving the voice to the Palestinian artists within the community or any creative, in fact, not just musician or anyone in Palestine right now, just giving them a voice to to share what they have to say and what they're experiencing. I think it is really, um, sorry, my brain is completely just like, <laughs> I don't know why. Um, like what radio, what you're doing and what Radio Fada is doing is really, really amazing because it is bringing those voices for people around the world to listen to. You shared a bit about your journey and I'm wondering if, um, yeah, if you could just talk a little bit more about, um, you know, you talked about the importance of Palestinians uh, also um, gathering together and hearing the, the sounds together. I mean, like, uh, of, you know, points of origin and sort of like spaces for, um, you know, gathering, right. And to, to be together in this, these very difficult times. Um, so yeah, if you could just talk a bit more about why that's important for you as an artist. 
I think it's important because we've gone through this for 75 years of just watching people getting slaughtered and watching people um, being mistreated and just going through a living hell for the past 75 years. And there's been a lack of awareness and there's also been this, um, this censorship. There's been this immense censorship on not being able to talk about anything. I think also I lived in LA for a brief moment and I remember just being surrounded within the music industry and everyone was Israeli. So I looked around and I was like, this is not going to end well. This is not going to work well. And I think now with the awareness and people speaking up more and people educating themselves a lot more around the world, it it is hopeful that there is a space for Palestinian artists to um from Palestine as well, not just in diaspora, but for them to have a voice of their own to speak up, especially with, with journalists like Montez and Fasia and watching them give their all and their full courage, courage and bravery to express how they're feeling and exposing what's actually happening, exposing the truth to everyone. I think this, it makes us feel hopeful that there is a chance for, um, for them to be heard. Um, because being Palestinian Canadian, I there is a higher chance for me to be heard versus them, you know, and this is a privilege that we have. And I feel like what's happening now is very different compared to any of the other times because it's always been shut down. There's always been censorship. It's always been not heard. It's like screaming into a black hole. <laughs> no one's listening, no one's answering. Um, so I think it is revolutionary, I would say. It's definitely revolutionary for creatives and for the next stage of what's to come next. Um, and yeah, I really, really do hope that people just keep educating themselves and just keep learning and unlearning and decondition what they've conditioned to, you know? Um, Palestine. And when you say, um, when you're talking about um, what's happening now, what like what's meaningful to you of what's happening now? I think it's um, it's a combination of things because I do have family in Gaza right now, and I do have um, relatives and family friends that are there currently. And what's important to me right now is obviously to get a ceasefire and for them to stop. Um, and to set them free and for them at first when when i first found out about the what had just happened the the invasion at first i was really sad i was i was unable to speak properly i i still can't speak properly um but i it really really affected me but i think now it's more anger like enough is enough and they've been going through this for so long and i think it's just um like someone needs to do something in terms of just just ending this once and for all. And I think, I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know how it's going to turn out. But I also do feel like what what I would want for the Palestinians is not up to me. I think it's up to the Palestinians living in Palestine right now. Either they want uh, one state solution or if they want bring back Palestine. I feel like people who are living there should be heard a lot more than the Palestinians living in diaspora. People living in diaspora, that's that's just my opinion though. But I feel like the Palestinians living in diaspora would 
be able to support their decision making no matter what. Being there right now and supporting and sharing and bringing awareness and teaching and protesting and stopping, like just stopping as much as we can. Yeah, just trying our best, honestly, more than our best to just make this stop. Do you want to share a little bit to, to end a bit about your music? I've heard it. It's really good. And, you know, we'll play some of it on this broadcast. But um, just like, yeah, uh, you're sort of, you're out there. Um, there's vocals, electronic layers. Um, yeah, just share a little bit about what you do. Yeah. Um, so I mainly create electronic music. Um, and I create a lot of experimental sounds using drone work, using synthesizers. Um, and I also combine my vocals at times. A lot of my work is very experimental, but there's always an element of uh, therapy within it. So I take certain sound frequencies. I've used sound frequencies from outer space to incorporate into my work to give people a astral experience for them to meditate to or to just lose themselves into um yeah and i'm i'm working towards creating a live show so that it's not all played through the dj decks anymore um and then i also do sound therapy and with sound therapy i have my own technique of creating um combining electronic sounds and acoustic instruments all perform live together and yeah basically that's my technique a little bit about it
I remember first hearing Checkpoint 303 doing community radio, and we were doing these um, transmissions from the International Solidarity Movement mm -hmm. from Palestine. All these activists from around the world had gone to the West Bank to participate in like campaigns of direct action um, around the olive harvest. Um, protest Israeli state-driven home demolitions. The olive harvest Israeli state-backed settlers were attacking Palestinian farmers during the olive harvest. And we were recording conversations both with Palestinian activists and international activists that were on the ground to amplify uh, the realities in Palestine and the injustice of the Israeli occupation. And we would record these dispatches from activists and we wanted to find some music. Of course, it was beautiful to play Feirouz or Marcel Khalife, or, um, great, amazing artists without question. But we also wanted to have something more contemporary for some of these reports they were doing at CKUT Community Radio in Montreal. And I don't remember exactly how we came across Checkpoint 303, but it was just perfect because this was something contemporary. And I remember wondering, wow, this is a great project. And also, this was in the early 2000s, so there was very few things like this. So it's cool to be talking to you today. So how I remember first encountering the project. Um, so maybe you could um, introduce yourself and, 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 and the work that you do creatively. Oh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm super excited to, uh, to be having this discussion with you. Um, so yeah, so my name is Karim. Um, I'm uh, the producer behind Checkpoint 303 or Hajj's Um I'm of Tunisian origin. I grew up in Tunisia. Um, and our project basically started, uh, well, now maybe 10, 15 years, no, probably 15 years at least now. Um, and the original idea we had was to uh, to try to raise awareness about uh, what is the uh, injustice that is uh, ongoing in Palestine by combining field recordings that we made in Palestine with electronic beats, oud, and some 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 uh, other instruments, um, and it was a way for us to to be able to talk about uh, what is going on in Palestine and the occupation, uh, but also to do that as you were just saying in a contemporary way. We also listened to Feirouz. Um, we also also listened to, um, you know, Sheikh Imam and others, and we actually sampled some of Sheikh Imam, for instance, in some of our tracks. We have a track called Zaytun, where we're using uh, samples from Sheikh Imam, uh, but mixed with jungle or drum and bass. And so that's the, the vibe, because also we wanted to produce music that we enjoy listening to, or we, you know, enjoy um, um, having. And so it felt that, it, you know, to us it made sense that it's both the message but also deeply also about the music aesthetics um, and also by somehow we felt that by uh, using this medium um, the message would uh, be more accessible to many more people around the globe so our, you know we were invited to do gigs in you know places like Sweden or Australia or Japan or, or in the US um, and uh, and that was an opportunity that probably we would not have had if our music were 
based on uh, only on lyrics in Arabic and traditional Arabic music, for instance. I, uh, beside the point that I would not be able to play that, <laughs> but but um, this gave us an opportunity and like gave us a center stage. And you know, I think one of the early highlights of Checkpoint 303 was um, the fact that we got invited by Massive Attack in the U and in the UK to perform opening gigs for them at, at uh, three dates in, uh, there. And I think. Um, that also gave us some visibility um, and you know encouraged us in the way of, of knowing that well this is probably uh, a nice way to mix both electronic down tempo break beats drum and bass but also with a message that f for us is really very important that we wanted to share with everybody so the message can be he heard in the field recordings for sure how did you first register these sounds from Palestine coming from the Tunisian context and I know that you had some Palestinian collaborators. Yes, exactly. So the starting point was uh, at the time I was living in Paris uh, and a friend of mine who was also in Paris, who's Palestinian, uh, whom I also had met in Tunisia before that, uh, moved to Beit Lahm, Bethlehem in, in Palestine. Um, and so I saw that as an ideal opportunity to actually have um, field recordings recorded by uh, my friend Yasser, uh, who was uh, sending me recordings um, uh, from Beit Lahm, but also from Ramallah, uh, from Jerusalem. And then we just started experimenting with that. Um, so he was, we used to call this sound catching and sound cutting. So I was a sound cutter and he was a sound catcher. So he would, he was SC Yosh and I was SC Moshe. So he would be doing the sound uh, catching, sending me the sounds over to Paris where I was living at the time. Um, and I was slicing up, remixing and exploring ideas with, with those sounds. Um, yeah, so that's the, that's the way it started. And then afterwards we started to diversify the, uh, the, the uh, audio snippets that we use. We started to include, for example, um, excerpts from um, radio programs. Um, from, um, there's like a, a radio channel in, um, in Beit Lahm, um, where, um, for example, we just recorded uh, excerpts from uh, the horoscope that they were giving. And then we used that, we sliced that up and used that with the, on drum and bass um, talking. The idea, again, was not to... It was really important for us that we don't only try to turn this into reporting on occupation and war and injustice and oppression directly and explicitly, but to do that also implicitly by talking about the positive aspects of life, the laughter, the joy, the aspirations, uh, and also the hope that people have, and also just general life struggle. So that's why, we, for example, the horoscope was a great example because uh, the person on the radio was telling people about whether they have chances of you know, succeeding in exams or what their love, -like, uh, love life is going to look like in the next week or so and so, so to us that's a very strong connection to humanity everybody goes through those thoughts has those you know questions about how the exam is gonna be or if they're gonna find love or you know or financially what's happening to me um, and that's something that all of us can connect to all humans connect to and we felt you know by contrast to the mainstream media that only talks about Palestine in very specific conditions we said no you know Palestine is way more than that and so we wanted to cover a, a broader perspective and I think we continue to do that in our recent productions where uh, our sources uh, that we use for the music that we remix um, come from a wide range of, of sources that can be from movies that can be from radio that can be field recordings um, archives we use a lot of archives uh, yeah. um, just for context also I mean these uh, this process began before I'd heard a lot of contemporary 
um, musical sound works that were involving field recordings. Of course, that was a practice that existed. But today it's very uh, widely practiced, which is cool. But I'm. this is also in the early 2000s when you first started releasing, which was before Bandcamp. Also, internet connections were much slower. We had MySpace at the time. There was MySpace was still around, yeah. Respect. Um, so you've kept this project going for a long time, uh, which is awesome. Um, and the issues remain uh, and you know the story of Palestine the many stories of Palestine um, continue to um, be uh, present today often outside of the headlines there's moments where Palestinian stories are shared uh, but that's not common so maybe just talk a bit about like your view on the ways that um, these types of stories, Palestinian stories, but also other stories of uh, communities experiencing systemic oppression, not just the, the violence of systemic oppression, but also the creation of life, the creation of sustenance and, 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 and joy, despite those conditions. Um, the importance of those types of musical works today because there's this moment now where there's a lot more awareness about these issues um, but um, you're not doing it necessarily through lyrics but more through soundscape and and yeah can you just talk about your practice in this contemporary moment because things have changed a lot yes uh, that's a great question so first um, regarding the um the early beginnings of mixing field recordings and, and music at a time where, as you say, there wasn't not a lot of that. I would I would still say that I think one of the inspirations, at least for me personally, uh, is um, growing up listening to Pink Floyd and then to Roger Waters and then Roger Waters' album Amused to Death. I can I can very much remember how much it impacted me when I heard that for the first time. It was a very politically charged album using field recordings and except from radio and stuff like that. And I, I remember that stuck with me. Um, and so more generally, um, I, th I feel there's something universal about uh, music that doesn't necessarily have lyrics that you need to understand in a specific language. So it makes it more universal, but also it makes it more challenging because I think audiences, there's, there's a larger audience for obviously music with lyrics. That's sort of the mainstream. Most cases have lyrics. So if you don't, you're already in a niche. And, you know, I remember some people in Tunisia back in the days that were struggling trying to understand. So it's like your music, can we call that like soundtracks, like for movies or what type, what, what is that music? Um, but um, I think nowadays we hear more of this, so it's becoming more acceptable. Um, I think it's an, a way of doing audio documentary, but mm. still in an aesthetic and pleasing or an interesting vibe. So it's like reporting, but you get to choose what you want to talk about. So you still have a message. But I think field recording are, are very powerful, can be at least for, uh, I hope it's for many people, but it can be very powerful because there is something about, at least for me, when I hear field recordings, just let's say um, a, a souk somewhere where you have the people selling their vegetables and yelling and talking to each other and you know children walking by sure. shouting um, that immediately immediately transports you to another world and I think that can can do it in a, in a stronger and a more impactful way than lyrics so you just and so 
it allows us using field recordings mixed with electronic music and with uh, other instruments like the wood that I play that allows you to sort of take people on a journey and then it's like inviting them to a journey and once they are invited to this journey I think we listen up more and we maybe open our minds hopefully as if you're actually traveling somewhere and you want to know more about what's going in these places and so then when the message comes or sometimes again we don't try to give people ready messages it's an incitation or an, an, an invitation to think about something that they maybe did not think about so much or something that they took for granted that maybe they need to revisit um, growing up in Tunisia obviously I'm the first person not to want to do anything that could sound like propaganda so we were not telling people this is what you need to think but hey maybe you should think about this and maybe what you're getting from mainstream media is not the only way of looking into this uh, issue. I think that's true for Palestine, and uh, but it's also true for many other uh, situations. And we have also published work uh, and released an album uh, where we, for example, just after the revolution in Tunisia, we have an album called uh, Sidi Bouzid Syndrome, which is an EP, where we also, in that case, we were sampling sounds from the streets in, in Tunis, uh, but also the streets in uh, Qahara and Cairo, but also from, um, from Syria. And so it's sort of, again, through field recordings, trying to document a moment in time and inviting people to think about it. And it's probably interesting to listen to this type of of, of these types of recordings 10 or 15 years down the line. Now, it's been a while since uh, the revolution in 2011 in Tunisia. Um, you know, as you know, there's a lot of um, mixed feelings, a lot of disappointments um, and, um, you know, re-questioning what we used to call the Arab Spring. Um, and so I think just rec recordings like these they just capture a moment in time and they might have also some form of documentary historical value um, in the future at least I hope well in a way also when it's it's similar what to when you're listening to the radio when you hear hear a field recording all these images happen in your mind you're sort of imagining the place which is the images aren't being fed to you so there's a creative part that's happening on the part of the listener to um, a bit like reading a book, a bit like reading a book yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Rather than seeing the movie. Yeah. In the book, you have all, you know, you, some of the imagery might even be more, uh, you know, just stronger in your in your mind. Respect. So, I mean, by the way, so we're Karim and I are sitting outside in Montreal in Marché Jean Talon. So there's some noise just for context. We're not in a studio or something, but. Um, so you mentioned the Tunisian context, and I, I think it might be important to highlight a bit um, where you're coming from uh, and, you know, your relationship to Palestine. I mean, the relationship to Palestine for Tunisians, uh, of course, is different for everybody, but there's a profound relationship between Tunisia and the Palestinian struggle that is complex and it can't be summarized quickly but if you could just want to open that door for uh, for you to share a bit, a bit about that yes absolutely so there is I think uh, in general strong solidarity between the Palestinian uh, people and the Tunisian people um, Tunisians have been very supportive of the Palestinian struggle uh, again it's difficult to generalize and I'm not talking about politicians I'm talking about the people um, even artistically the, there have been a lot of, of interactions um, Rim al-Banna um, 
you know, was a friend of Tunisia. So he came very often to uh, to Tunisia and sing in Tunisia. Um, I had uh, the chance to collaborate with her too. Um, yes, the Palestinian singer, uh, the late Palestinian singer Rim Benna. And um, so yes, there's that. And and I think from my personal story, um, I I grew up um, watching the news uh, and um, at a very early age, I was really uh, a tiny kid when when I saw um, uh, images of the massacre of Sabra and Shatila. Um, and I also, in Tunisia, we had um, um, hosted uh, many uh, refugees from Palestine, so I, I got to meet Palestinian people. And, you know, I, I think over the years, and this is something that I say now and again, I feel like, you know, my blood is Tunisian, but my heart is Palestinian. And that, for me, um, also when I had the opportunity to go to Palestine and spend some time there, and we had some performances in Palestine, that, um, to me, strengthened this, this feeling that, um, you know, I... I, de I definitely um, have, um, it's a, like sort of a natural urge to express in any way I can and as much as I can and I hope for as long as I can this deep uh, solidarity and um, trying to uh, collectively with other Palestinian artists, with Palestinian artists, with musicians from around the globe, not only from Palestine, to try and raise awareness um, about the injustice uh, in Palestine. Um, so, yeah, this, this, for me it's like um, a, a deep feeling that we, it's, a, it's just a, an immense injustice um, and that has going on for far too long. Um, and it seems that, um, you know, when, when you look at um, apartheid in, uh, in, in, in South Africa and, and the fact that people still nowadays struggle to see those parallels between what is going on in Palestine and, um, and what was uh, happening in South Africa. To me, it's, it's because there's a lot of uh, political and um, powers behind the scenes who want to make sure that um, the statu quo is maintained or even that situation gets worse um, for Palestinians. And I, and I feel that, you know, sometimes we say, well, you know, as artists and musicians, do you really think that whatever you do is going to change anything on the ground? Uh, and that's a, that's a very tough question because I think at the end of the day, no. Specifically, sometimes it's hard to continue producing music uh, or doing other arts um, form uh, when you see the the killing that is ongoing, uh, the killings and the injustices that are ongoing, and you just feel that this is pointless. But I don't think we have any other choice than to express solidarity and hope that we can amplify movements. Um, and so to go back to your question, I think um, grow, growing up in Tunisia, having many Palestinian friends and having been myself to Palestine, this has nourished my feeling that I, I, re I really want to continue as long as we can through Checkpoint 303 or other projects to express strong solidarity and amplify the message and the need for justice in Palestine. So also, you know, often there's a feeling, at least, you know, talking to a lot of people where I live in Canada, which is occupied indigenous territory. We're in Montreal, Geogiagi. There's this feeling that oh, well, you know, we need to develop a sympathy for Palestinians because of this, you know, systemic injustice. Um, the Tunisian context is different because also there's a lot of uh, daily struggles that people face in Tunisia, right? And, and they're not always in the headlines, but whether it's economic injustice 
whether it's um, you know the the different regions that are like less um, there's much less development in terms of like the distribution of resources which led to a lot of the protests that led to the overthrow of Ben Ali um, but yeah just just highlighting a bit more sort of the different cultural and political context that a Tunisian artist encounters Palestine from. Yes, yeah, so there's definitely the, the specific Tunisian context. Uh, context. Um, nowadays, we're, we're facing um, a very um, populist regime with Qais Saied and the situation is, is not looking good and um, we have um, a, um, a regime that um, many would rightly call uh, racist in terms of the, some of the remarks that we've been hearing from the head of the, of the government. Um, so it is very problematic and again I think this, this is something that um, artists should stand up against. Um, and so I would say, you know, I, I go back and forth between Montreal and, and Tunis, so I have family in Tunis. Um, it's you know, sometimes I feel that I would like to be able to do more in terms of activism um, that is directly focused on the situation in, in Tunisia. Um, but I, I just, you know, I, over the years, um, my main project and focus has been Checkpoint 303, and that has been taken uh, like, uh, most of my time in terms of uh, in terms of energy. And but but I but I see these intersections, um, and I think there are intersections. And I think it's about at the end of the day, it's about justice, um, dignity, and justice. Um, and then we can talk about peace, and we can talk about other things. But I think it's all about um, you know. There's this interconnection, and this is why uh, over recent years I've been also uh, interested in exploring intersectionalities between um, uh, trying to, you know, combat and work against injustice and try to uh, explore how this manifests in different conditions and situations and the solidarity that arises across different contexts from facing the same issue. Before you mentioned, you know, the fact that there are forces at play in relation to Palestine. I mean, let's just make that non-mysterious. I mean, the Canadian government maintains a free trade agreement with Israel. They get, um, they've gone through a process, the Canadian government, to create preferential treatment for Israeli businesses. There's a common interest there in terms of like a colonial style of extractionist uh, politics and economics. Uh, the United States, of course, funds billions, many billions every year to the Israeli government. Just for, just for context that things don't happen in a vacuum, there's very known and clear and uh, facts about why the Israeli government has so much military power. It's not just happening in a vacuum.
references to the urban sounds of you know different environments but also also sounds of the natural world and and you're very interested in textures and i think one feature of um a lot of what's missing when we see images for example from occupied palestine is sort of the imaginary and like what it actually sounds and feels like i mean that's obviously familiar to you as a palestinian artist but i'm wondering if you could talk a bit about like the role and the meaning of of using soundscapes uh in your work um, maybe as a starting point, but also I think it's important just just as as a, as a, as a beginning, 
as a beginning for you to just um, briefly introduce yourself um, for for our listeners. Um, but yeah, that, that's just a starting point to think a bit about your practice too. All right. So to start, um, my uh, project name is uh, Saut. This means uh, sound in Arabic as uh, a raw material. Um, I got familiar with uh, soundscapes, with uh, sound as raw material uh, during my studies in uh, in Antwerp uh, at the Academy of Fine Arts uh, in Antwerp. I studied uh, sound design and uh, that's when I started to discover the sound as a way uh, to make music, sound as an instrument actually not only synthesizers and uh, drum machines and uh, uh, music softwares. And that was the starting point when I started to record soundscapes, uh, field recording uh, from my own environment. And basically, soundscapes is just like uh, something that is organic, something that you cannot remake in softwares even if you are able to download uh, a soundscapes from the internet it doesn't give it 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 doesn't make it as authentic as something that you recorded yourself Uh, and that's when i got interested in uh, having my own uh, archive of uh, soundscapes uh, field recordings and my first uh, project uh, that included the soundscapes was uh, uh, music for checkpoints that's a techno EP that uh, I've released in 2016 and basically that's that was the the end of the year project of my uh, first year at the at the Academy of Fine Arts in Antwerp so it was a techno music project uh, that mainly was produced using uh, soundscapes that I recorded myself uh, in the summer of 2016 uh, in in Palestine, mainly at the checkpoints, but also in cities such as Jerusalem, Nazareth, uh, Haifa. Uh, and this was like, um, if, if I remember well, I've been there for 10 days, nonstop recording, uh, traffic jams, uh, markets, uh, checkpoint uh, gates, uh, bus stations, uh, soldiers speaking, giving orders to people waiting at the checkpoints. Uh, yeah, so that's it basically. As a Palestinian artist doing that work um, to record your environment in the Palestinian context, um, can you just describe how you felt going out and, and, and recording those, those contexts in Palestine? How, how was that for you? I mean, there's a very layered, complex, and at times very tense uh, relationship to those spaces for you. Um, and there's quite a lot of interesting projects, some of them very good, where you have people coming from outside to record Palestine, but you're recording Palestine as a Palestinian, it's a, it's a different experience. Well, it's important to mention that it was also like the first time I do field recording in general. So it was a new experience in terms of technique of like technical terms. 
but in terms of like being a Palestinian, that was, um, it felt a little bit weird going back to your home country and uh, uh, trying to catch sounds. And basically the whole idea of music for checkpoints was um, to reimagine the sounds of checkpoints in other contexts, which is like uh, the result uh, that uh, techno album that resulted in uh, in the field recording. But uh, in terms of feeling, this was uh, this this was something um, something new that you experience your home country for the first time from the perspective of sound. I would say you always see things. You always. Uh, uh, try to understand things uh, in political terms or you try to put things in political context. This time was like, uh, I'm going to go to that checkpoint or to the market or to the traffic jam and I'm going to find the sweet spot where you can have that sound and that sound is going to work. That sound is not going to work. This is interesting. This is not interesting. And then you start... Uh, looking at your street in a different way, well, listening in this case, you start to listen in a different way, you start uh, observing things in a different way. And uh, this was the main, um, the main uh, feeling um, out of it. Um, I would say that uh, in some places it was not uh, easy to record, uh, especially at the checkpoints. Uh, as they are considered as uh, um, military zones, you cannot take pictures, you cannot uh, collect data, let's say, from those places. But also like uh, when you record in the market or like when you're walking in the old city of Nazareth or Jerusalem, uh, people are used to cameras there, but they're not used to like someone going like with a recorder and like following them or like trying to capture sounds and... Uh, but it was uh, it was like a nice experience in uh, in general. Uh, me myself, I was uh, I was happy with it. I kind of like discovered uh, um, Nazareth, uh, Jerusalem, Ramallah in a different way um, than uh, I have always seen it. Just for people who are listening, can you? Uh, name that album and also where people can find it and then we'll move on to some other points of of, of your work all right so that's uh, music for checkpoints uh 2000 released in uh on 2016 uh you can listen to that ep on the soundcloud bandcamp uh if you just type uh, south s-a-w-t records and um Something uh, interesting to mention, uh, I am working on Music for Checkpoints 2.0 with the same uh, soundscapes that I recorded 2016. But the level of technical uh, knowledge have changed since then. So I'm going to try to remake that album with the knowledge that I have gained in the, in the past uh, few years. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so... Um, we look forward to that. Um, S-A-W-T Records uh, uh, is what's the name. Um, can you, can you um, talk a bit about um, your 
your practice uh, now. I mean, in the last few years, you're based in Brussels and you are working at the sort of contemporary, you know, front lines of experimental electronic music. Uh, you know, you're part of a community there and in other places. Um, yeah, maybe just talk about some of your projects and also like, um, obviously you're coming to the context of Western Europe as a Palestinian artist, but also as an artist. Um, so how has that whole process been for you? Yeah, so basically, um, maybe it's interesting to mention that uh, before coming to Belgium, I didn't have any interest regarding electronic music. And then I started going out in Brussels. I discovered this one, a place called the Café Central, which is ordinary bar where they do a lot of experimental music every Thursday. Uh, Friday and Saturday they do techno and that's when I discovered uh, electronic music, mainly experimental. And then I was like, ah, this sounds good. I want to try to make this kind of music. And that's when all started. Um, the type of music that I was doing seven years ago, I was trying to do that's totally different from what I'm doing right now. Right now, my main focus is techno. From time to time, I do ambient and experimental stuff using a lot of soundscapes and uh, field recordings. But even when I make techno, I realize that I can never escape from this like ambient experimental elements that uh, uh, that uh, I, I started like doing uh, seven years ago. Uh, if if you listen to my techno tracks that I've been doing recently, you'll always notice that there is like this atmospheric ambient experimental vibe in it. Um, when it comes to practice, I, as I mentioned, I use a lot of soundscapes because that's the only or like the most organic thing that you can get uh, in the production process. Besides that, I use synthesizers, uh, softwares. At some point, I was using only soundscapes. I was trying to use only soundscapes. But uh, at some point, I felt that I am missing this massive analog sound that's coming from the ground and that can shake the floor. And that's when I started uh, using uh, synthesizers and uh, more like I integrated more uh, drum machines uh, in my work. So could you talk a bit about your current projects and um, how it's been to share those those pieces? So as I mentioned already, um, right now I am uh, working on music for checkpoints 2.0. That's with the same soundscapes that I have recorded in 2016. Besides that, uh, I am working on uh, mainly only on uh, live sets whenever I get booked in Brussels or somewhere in Europe. I work or I try to work on a new live set each time I'm playing. Um, when it comes to project, I prefer to finish one by one. Otherwise, it will become kind of like a factory production approach that you're just pumping units into the market and that's when it becomes uh, um, 
very low quality work, I would say. So that's why I prefer to finish project, per project, try to put a lot of effort, a lot of energy, a lot of concept in one project, uh, work on it uh, properly, uh, get feedback from other people who are on the same domain or even not, uh, and then move to the next projects. So for the moment, um, I would say music for checkpoints, uh, it's the main focus besides the live set that I'm doing. And of course, besides that, there is always this daily having fun experimentation with uh, machines, with sounds and with uh, soundscapes. Can you talk a bit about how it's been for you uh, as a Palestinian artist to be active in the experimental electronic music world in Western Europe? Well, it was not easy to convince the people that like, as a Palestinian, you are doing experimental music or ambient because there is always this expectation from uh, the party scene that if you are from the Middle East, you must be making like a dabki or wedding music or uh, served with the hummus and falafel. <laughs> uh, so in, in the beginning, like I have had a lot of uh, people like uh, trying to book me thinking that it would be like an oriental vibe, you know, like uh, I literally had like someone calling me and, and I said like, yeah, but I'm going to send you the my SoundCloud and then you listen and then you decide if you really want me to come and play. And then she was like, ah, so you don't make oriental vibes. And I said like, no, I don't make oriental vibes, you know, like I make experimental music, I make ambient, I make techno. Why would you label me as a Palestinian that I am making that kind of music or that I am into, uh, I, I should fit into that category? Um, I have always... Um, made an effort to belong to a specific scene and not necessarily to a region, I would say. Like, uh, I don't want people to label me as, uh, as uh, someone from, as like an artist from the Middle East region in every biography or in every article or in every poster, you know, like uh, I would rather belong to a scene than than a region of course you can you can never like uh, you will you will you will always have like uh, the influence of like where you came from in your music or like in your art in general if you do painting if you do dance if you make music whatever whatever you whatever you do you'll always have the influence of the place where you grew up of the music that you were listening to of um of all the of the, the environment where you have lived you will always have this influence in your uh, art you don't have to mention it in the face of everyone that like you are from here you are from there you grew up with that music or like uh, you have been through that and you have been through that. So basically, um, yeah, as I told you, like I'm trying to belong to a scene rather than to a region. And if you think about it, it's a bit, it's a bit annoying that uh, if you make techno or if you make uh, ambient music, 
uh, if you are from Syria or like from Lebanon or from Jordan or from Palestine, the platforms like in Western Europe, they always try to say that this guy or this lady from Lebanon making techno. But if you see like a German DJ, nobody will say that he's from Germany. They will just say like his name or her name. End of the story. So the question is, why do we always have to be labeled uh, as people from that region? And the question is, what can be done not to be labeled? And uh, that's, that's what I am trying to do when, when I tell you I try to belong to a scene and not to a region. At the same time, often in these experimental music uh, milieus in Western contexts, um, not everybody, but there's often like a surprise if you see like a person from the global south who, you know, is racialized, who does experimental work, you know, it's not super common, right? And people even, it's changing in the last years, but there's there's this context of expectation. And, you know, you, you mentioned like a German artist would not be labeled with an identity. Um, but I think digging into a, a little bit about, you know, in some ways, recent years has seen a huge advance in terms of people thinking about intersectionality and thinking about like representation. Um, but in a sort of neoliberal model, what that often has ended up being is like, oh, well, we have to book artist A and just label that they're from this place. But it's less often about like maybe having an actual creative relationship with the person or like a contextual understanding of what the person does on a creative level. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this moment is complicated and exciting at the same time. So and I think it's hard to talk about this sort of changing environment within within experimental music, but also more broadly within the cultural sector. But yeah, so I'd love to hear any of your thoughts about that, how it's been for you. Yeah, basically, I like you, you said it yourself that it's always like a surprise that someone from the Middle East or the South, South is making experimental music or any kind of music that's not familiar in that region. But uh, why, why is it surprising? And I think I'm not trying to underestimate uh, uh, the diversity and uh, the diversity of sound and uh, how sound is rooted in the culture in Western Europe. But in the Middle East, I think the daily life is more rich in sounds than in Brussels or in Paris. I have done a lot of field recordings in Brussels and then at some point I have realized that it's always the same sounds like repeating, you know, like it's the metro, it's the tram, it's the traffic. Um, even you, you even need to, to go like outside of the city to capture like birds, you know, like they're not they're not there anymore. Whereas if you go to a place, for example, Jerusalem, like you can be sure that every single day you will have a different soundscape from the city or Nazareth or Ramallah or Cairo or uh, uh, Mexico City, you know, like uh, 
so I think I think it's a normal uh, organic uh, way of people evolving with their taste towards sound and towards the music that you have people from the region like experimenting with those sounds and basically it's not something that came from nowhere it's something that came from the richness of sound that we have in that region and at some point people realize that ah we can do this with that richness of uh, of sound that we have also i think some people listening to this won't be familiar with concepts like macam and sort of this idea of what is experimental music <laughs> if you go to some old recordings from egypt um like sheikh imam or something they'll be just jamming for long periods like 50 minutes just with oud and vocalizations that are very much not not planned but very much in the moment in the emotion of the moment also in the political moment um and yeah just maybe uh, it would it would be a nice opportunity for people to also think about the framework of like a of of, of sort of um, understandings of what a song is like culturally is very different um, if if we think about like Macam if we think about and that goes for many regions of the world but we're talking about about you know Palestine in this context yeah like also like talking about uh, Macams for example like nowadays in the electronic music scene in Europe, a lot of producers, like, they are willing to work with time signatures that are not, like, four on four, which I love, by the way, like, four on the floor, techno, that's my cup of tea. But it's it's becoming very common to work with other time signatures than four on four. And the fact that you mentioned Maqam, it's just like, we have had this idea of experimenting with times and with uh, with the time signatures uh, on the music scale back in the 40s and 30s and the 50s and uh, and I think I think like uh, music from from Asia from the Middle East from South America has influenced a lot of music scenes in Europe and now it's still influencing a lot of uh, uh, a lot of scenes, including uh, the scenes of electronic music. But I think often, even though that's shifted a bit, that influence of like, for example, um, you know, Macomb structure or even like Balkan time signatures or, um, you know, going back to indigenous music, uh, you know, in the Americas and how that influenced blues. You know, we're getting into a huge topic, but... Um, I think it's an interesting contrast to what you were saying about the surprise when you see somebody from the South doing experimental music in a lot of these spaces that are still very um, exclusive and not inclusive of those types of histories that, that are embodied by, by artists who, who are representing the, those regions. Yeah, I think, I think the main issue is that a lot of platforms... Uh, like in the last uh, in the last decade, I would say last ten to five years, when you had this huge explosion of uh, 
uh, young people in the Arab world discovering. I'm saying the Arab world, but that applies to almost uh, everywhere uh, on 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 the world. But um, when you have this huge explosions of talents and of skills and of people being creative, uh, a lot of festivals and venues and platforms in Europe they wanted to be. diverse and they wanted to be multicultural and they wanted to be inclusive so that's uh, that's when they started paying attention to those uh, talents unfortunately it's not um, it, it didn't happen organically i would say i don't know what's uh, what's your take on that but um, i had the feeling that 10 10 years ago like a lot of talents that we know right now were not even discovered in Europe. And part of dealing with this shift is also when um, artists, you know, if we're talking about the Palestinian context, will say something about the occupation or make a statement, right? And that, that, be, that becomes then a problem, you know, in the, like, for example, pop culture festival in Berlin, when a lot of artists said, well, actually, we don't want to perform when... the Israeli embassy is sponsoring this festival. Um, so there's that point of tension too, when, when, you know, this, we're talking about an experimental music festival, right? But then when it comes to a point of principle to say, well, actually, if, if these voices are going to be included, it also comes with, um, at moments, saying something. Yeah, definitely. I, I think like, What's missing is that uh, is that support for Palestinian or like uh, artists from uh, my cat's going crazy uh, from the region like the the platforms the venues the festivals uh, are choosing or picking some artists as long as you don't express your political beliefs. Um, and the problem is that this policy is also influencing the artists themselves. Like nowadays, a lot of artists are afraid to express their political belief because they know if they express their political belief, they will not get that residency. They will not get that funding. They will not play in that festival. Uh, and this is, this is what's uh, the biggest issue for me is The issue is not that you don't play at that festival at the end. It's okay. But the problem is that you know that you cannot uh, not only express yourself, but for example, you cannot uh, put that political element in your music because you will know that they will, you will not uh, go anywhere with it. And somehow that's influencing... the performance uh, and the concept of uh, artists from the region at the end of the day. I think this idea that the two things can coexist, right? Our, our, our cultural, political context, and then also at the same time, our creative work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you cannot, you cannot uh, split the creative work from the cultural and the political context. Um, for me, any kind of work has to... tell a story and as a Palestinian we all know what's the story that you have to tell the second part the second step of your work is how you're gonna tell it is it gonna be like 
right in the face of the consumer. Is it going to be something more hidden? Is it going to be something more abstract? But we all know that we share the same story and the same past and the same present. Uh, and we cannot just like split that from the creative work. And unfortunately, a lot of people are doing that. Like, and on technical terms, you can do that. You can do whatever you want. Uh, you can have like an empty zero content uh, work. Uh, nobody is going to judge you for that. Well, it's great to speak to you. And, and I would really encourage people to uh, look up what you do. Uh, Kamal, um, based in Brussels. Uh, Sot as the artist name. Um, so thank you so much for being here.
the Universal Declaration of Human Rights.
General Assembly proclaims this universal declaration of human rights as a common standard of achievement for all peoples and all nations.
Ambulance, ambulance. Ambulance, ambulance. <laughs> no! Going quickly. Shivers when you hear it Regardless of the hardship We'll never ever fear it Alhamdulillah For your perseverance Got me feeling blocked up Like Egypt's border clearance Bismillah May God bless you dead and gone We say we undefeated When they say we headstrong Alhamdulillah For the will to believe in life If you struggle God loves you Man relieve the strife Bismillah Please read Surah Yaseen For the purest always fall For the furious I've seen Alhamdulillah To be grateful for your place You never know what fate will bring you from the hate Bismillah For the soul's anguish love And the moments our brothers get snuffed out by slugs Alhamdulillah We see through the politics When the missile is issued to kill and follow our kids Sweats out, Philistine. Alhamdulillah. You can really tell, you see. Turn the news on, heard they sent shells to scenes. Bismillah. And two hours later in Gaza, the floor started pounding and they felt the Hezza. Alhamdulillah. said the policies lied when the house was blown to pieces and an olive tree cried. Bismillah. The chitip that moved too fast out the mouth of Hamas and Mahmoud Abbas. Alhamdulillah. We need leaders instead of fickle beasts and wicked streets, crippled beings, tripled through the Middle East. God, while we on the subject, please cut the strings off our political puppets. Alhamdulillah. Baruch them when soldiers creep. Your men thinking that our souls are cheap. Speak. Ha 
hip-hop is the rock that we bring when we aim our slingshots The claim you call Israel And the way you defend it shames Ismail Alhamdulillah See we could live together if the cycle of your violence didn't silence our life with all your rifles Alhamdulillah Alaykum as-salam Arab Jarab when it's Arab man Alayhum al-haram Alhamdulillah Tadhamun dinas wal-hurrah We refuse to have any more Muhammad al-durras Durras أترحموا على ضعفهم لكني لا أتوب عن الصعود إلى الشمس
our great love to our country is greater than our hatred to our enemy. Love is our motive, not hatred. That's why we should win. Fee, <laughs> 
ترتيلة مغني بام بام أنا البحة الأخيرة فيه ترتيلة المغني بام بام بارارارارام بام بام وأنا وأنا الدم الأحمر القاني يراق عن عندي بارارارارام بام بام يا تونس الخضراء هاك يدي بام 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 يا تونس الخضراء هاك يدي ممدودة نحو شمسك فقابليها فقابليها بألف ألف يدي Thank you. 
Palestine, Ramallah, West Bank, Gaza This is for the child that is searching for an answer Wish I could take your tears and replace them with laughter Long live Palestine, long live Gaza Palestine, Ramallah, West Bank, Gaza This is for the child that is searching for an answer Wish I could take your tears and replace them with laughter Long live Palestine while we listen to tunes made by ignorant fools Israel blocked the UN from delivering food They bring in the troops and you won't even glimpse of the news They make money off the products that we're quick to consume And it's not simply a question of differing views Forget emotions, this is facts, what I spit is the truth Makes no difference if you're a Christian or if you're a Jew They're just people living in different conditions to you They still die when you bomb their schools, mosques and hospitals It's not because of rockets, please God, can you stop this all? I'm not related to the strangers on the TV, no. But I relate, cause those strangers could have been me Words could never ever explain the raw tragedy It's not a war, they're just murdering more rapidly And we are automatically supporting pure savagery Imagine how you feel if this was your family In my heart forever We stand for peace Times of war We shan't surrender Remember It didn't start In this dark December Every coin is a bullet If you're Marks and Spencer And when you're sipping Coca-Cola That's another pistol In the holster Of them soulless soldiers You say you know about The Zionist lobby But you put money In their pocket When you're buying their coffee Talking about revolution Sitting in Starbucks The fact is That's the type of thinking I can't trust Let alone Even start to respect Before you talk Learn the meaning of that scarf on your neck Forget Nestle, Obama Promise Israel 30 billion over the next decade They're trigger happy and they're crazy Think about that when you're putting Huggies nappies on your baby Just a war over stolen land Why do you think little boys are throwing stones at tanks? And we'll never really know how many people are dead They drop bombs on innocent girls while they sleep in their bed Don't get offended by facts, just try and listen Nothing is more anti-Semitic than Zionism So please don't bring bad vibes when you speak to me There's plenty of rabbis that agree with me It's your choice what you do with this message Don't get it confused, I view this from a human perspective How many more resolutions have to be Violated. How many more children have to be annihilated? Israel is a terror state, they're terrorists that terrorize I testify my television, televise them telling lies This is not a war, it is systematic genocide But whatever they try, Palestine will never die Palestine.
time Ramallah, West Bank, Gaza This is for the child that is searching for an answer Wish I could take your tears and replace them with laughter Long live Palestine, long live Gaza Palestine, Ramallah, West Bank, Gaza This is for the child that is searching for an answer Wish I could take your tears and replace them with laughter Long live Palestine, long live Gaza بكامل مشمشها ساعة الشمس في السجن غيم يقلد سربا من الكائنات كتافات شعب لمن يصعدون إلى حدفهم باسمين وخوف الطغاة من الأغنيات على هذه الأرض ما يستحق الحياة على هذه الأرض سيدة الأرض 
ام البدايات ام النهايات كانت تسمى فلسطين صارت تسمى فلسطين سيدتي استحق لانك سيدتي استحق الحياه نازلا من نحلة الجرح قديم إلى تفاصيل البلاد وكانت سنة انفصال البحر عن مدن الرمادي وكنت وحدي ثم وحدي آه يا وحدي وأحمد كان اغتراب البحر بين رصاصتين مخيما ين وينجب زعترا ومقاتلي وساعدا يشتد في النسيان ذاكرة تجيء من القطارات التي تمضي وأرصفة بلا مستقبلين وياسمين وأرصفة بلا مستقبلين وياسمين كان اكتشاف الذات في العربات في المشهد البحري في ليل الزنازين الشقيقة في العلاقات السريعة والسؤال عن الحقيقة في كل شيء كان أحمد يلتقي بنقيده عشرين عاما كان يسأل عشرين عاما كان يرحل عشرين عاما كان يسأل عشرين عشرين عاما لم تلده أمه إلا دقائق في إناء الموت وانسحبت يريد هوية فيصاب بالبركان سافرت الغيوم وشردتني ورمت معاطفها الجبال وخبأتني يريد هوية فيصاب بالبركان سافرت الغيوم وشردتني ورمت معاطفها الجبال 
Oh, 